You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello and welcome to China Africa Talk, the program that brings you views and discussions on what's happening between China and Africa from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm Bridget Mutambiroa, joining you from the Chinese capital here in Beijing. And in today's discussion, and still in line with the CGTN series, China from Outside, China Africa Talk paid a visit to the embassy of South Sudan in Beijing for a one-on-one interview with South Sudan's ambassador to China, His Excellency Mande Kumba, to discuss, among other issues, his views regarding the ruling concepts initiated by the CPC over the last decade, such as the FOCAC and the Belt and Road Initiative. His Excellency the ambassador also shares his views on some key events under the Belt and Road Initiative between South Sudan and China that have characterized the two countries' friendship over the last 11 years. Your Excellency Monday Kumba, congratulations on your new appointment as Ambassador of South Sudan to China. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And since you submitted a copy of your credentials to the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs on September the 6th, could you kindly share with us your feelings on your current appointment and brief overview of China-South Sudan relations? Yeah, once again, thank you very much for the question. And uh, before I answer your question directly, allow me first to extend sincere words of congratulations and best wishes to the people and the government of China on their uh, 73 anniversary for the establishment of the People's Republic of China. South Sudan is a new country, a country which gained independence after long struggle uh, from uh, Sudan and uh, the government, after the independence, is working tirelessly to meet the needs of its people. Mm-hmm. South Sudan has a long journey for its independence, and the journey was not easy at all. And South Sudan also is blessed with abundant natural resources, humble people, hardworking people, and the people of South Sudan also are culturally centered and family-oriented centered. Mm. As for my feeling for my appointment, the truth will always remain that to be appointed as an ambassador is the wish and the dream of every diplomat. Mm. And I'm very pleased that I have achieved this dream. Uh, An appointment as an ambassador for an important country like China, the second largest economy in the world, is also very important. And it's a clear demonstration from the leadership of the two countries for this specific assignment. And I'm very proud and very pleased and very honored for that. My first feeling is full of joy, happiness, and words of thanks to our President, His Excellency General Salva Kiir Mayardi, the President of the Republic, for appointing me into this position. Words of thanks also extended to the leadership of China for accepting my nomination. And again, the same feeling goes to the leadership of our ministry, starting from my Minister of Foreign Affairs, and the entire leadership in our ministry for facilitating my assignment here. Mm. I also do believe that this important assignment is a honor to my country, surrounded by many and many challenges in which I believe myself and my colleagues here in the embassy will be able to handle them 
accordingly. It is also an honor to my friends, to my family, and being a graduate of one of the universities here in China, Tsinghua University, okay. I also believe that this special assignment is a pride to Tsinghua University and especially School of Public Policy and Management. What is your vision and overall goals as the new ambassador of South Sudan to China? This is a very good question. As I said from the beginning, being an ambassador to China is very important. Right. And China is important not only to South Sudan, mm -hmm. but I can say it's important to the entire world. And South Sudan as a new country, the overall objectives of achieving our goals or national interest in China is very long. The needs of South Sudanese people, the needs of our government, the list is very long. Mm -hmm. But to mention few, we are here mainly to continue strengthening our bilateral ties right. uh, with China uh, in different fields of cooperation. Okay. Then our vision and my vision together with my colleagues and the specific assignment given to me will be working closely with the Chinese government, mm -hmm. mainly as I say, to strengthen our bilateral ties in different fields of cooperation mm -hmm. with the main focus on uh, continuous political consultations Mm. and the cooperation between our two ruling parties, mainly the Communist Party of China and the SPLM, which is the ruling party in South Sudan. And again, coordination and support in the international arena, coordination and support in the United Nations family, mm. United Nations Security Council, General Assembly, mm. and Human Rights Council. So we'll be working closely to coordinate our efforts and address our core issues of concern. And again, we'll be working closely to advance our economic and trade and investment cooperation, military cooperation, security cooperation, mm -hmm. and most importantly, to also benefit from the Chinese experience and technology in advancing agriculture. Because as I said from the beginning, we have a lot of resources. Uh, the land in South Sudan is very fertile, which is suitable for agriculture. Mm -hmm. So developing agriculture is one of our core uh, concerns, benefiting from Chinese experiences and accessing also Chinese market. Mm. And again, issues related to scholarships okay. and capacity building, uh, sustaining our relation with the CNPC, which is our main partner in the oil industry, yeah. and sustaining our relation also with other Chinese public and private uh, enterprises, uh, including you know our efforts in encouraging the foreign and direct investment to consider investing in South Sudan. And above all, we feel it's important also for us to establish a joint business council between our two countries that can facilitate the trade and business activities between our two countries and to have a sustainable, uh, you know, features of our relations. We are working hard also to have a permanent uh, constructive mission here in China. I mean by securing a plot that you can construct our own embassy yeah. and also working closely with the China to make sure that we secure support to also construct our Minister of Foreign Affairs, which is a symbolic or an ideal symbol of the bilateral ties. So all in all, we have long list of, of objectives and I do believe and confident that with the existing cooperation that we have, we'll be able to achieve these objectives. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? 
Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Now, Your Excellency, as the Communist Party of China convenes its 20th National Congress in Beijing, can you share your views regarding the ruling concept initiated by the CPC over the last decade, such as the Belt and Road Initiative, FARCAC, and building a community of shared future for all mankind? What has impressed you the most? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, first of all, uh, allow me to express sincere words of uh, best wishes for the success of the 20th National Congress of CPC. South Sudan, and especially our government and our ruling party, recognize the importance of this Congress. Yeah. As a result, a number of letters were extended from the leadership of our ruling party to the leadership of the CPC in recognition to this important event. Yes, it's true, these three initiatives are uh, if I can say, are driving factors for our cooperation with China. I'm pleased to proclaim the fact that we in South Sudan decided to join FOCAC immediately after three months of our independence in the last or previous ministerial meeting, which was held in the Chinese city of Hangzhou. And from that aspect, we remain committed to the guiding principles of FOCAC and we continue or remain active member of FOCAC. We participated in all the meetings. We submitted remarkable proposals, bilateral level and also at the, at the joint level with other uh, African countries. And we are very satisfied with the support that we receive under the umbrella of FOCAC. And again, uh, Belt and Road Initiative, I'm also pleased to proclaim the fact that we have signed uh, the agreement to join Belt and Road Initiative in 2000. And 18, uh, this important agreement was witnessed. The signing of this important agreement was witnessed uh, by uh, the President, His Excellency President Salva and His Excellency uh, President Xi Jinping. And this agreement was signed by our two ministry, ministers of foreign affairs. Okay. We also benefited from the provisions of this agreement and the Belt and Road Initiative. And we are working hard to make sure that we also continue benefiting from this initiative and we, has, we have started initial engagements of even joining Asia uh, Infrastructure and Investment Bank, okay. among others. Okay. As for the philosophy of building a community of a shared future for all the mankind, this philosophy is very important for us mm. and the ideological thoughts of this philosophy is actually marching with the political ideology of our ruling party, okay. which is the SPLM, which actually centered in a sense that people should remain our priority. We should make sure that we deliver services to our people and we should make sure that we keep our people united. So this is a typical ideological thought of our ruling party and we are very happy to be part of these three initiatives. So in conclusion, as a new country, I can say confidently that these three initiatives are very impressive, very encouraging and very supportive. 
to our engagements with China and our engagements within South Sudan and our engagements with other foreign partners. Okay. In addition, can you share with us the status of the CPC and uh, the SPLM relations and cooperation? Thank you very much. SPLM is our ruling party. Mm-hmm. We are who we are because of the SPLM, the party that struggled with this leadership to sustain and bring us to where we are today. And we are very proud of that uh, because of the sacrifices made by the leadership of the SPLM. Some, unfortunately, not with us today. Some are still with us. Our heroes, our heroines, we are very proud of their sacrifices, which will remain in our history. Now, taking into account the history of our country, believing that as a new country we can benefit from China in different fields, SPLM remain a strategic partner to the Communist Party. We are enjoying a very cordial and extraordinary relations with the Communist Party of China. And we remain a strategic partner and we engage with each other in different fields. And at this juncture, I would like to take this opportunity to sincerely acknowledge the support we keep receiving from Communist Party to the SPLM in different fields, training and transforming our ruling party and participating with us in general uh, reform strategies. And uh, we have signed an MOU between the two parties, which remain the guiding principle in our cooperation. And we are looking forward to renew the signing of this MOU to address some of our fundamental issues of concern. But generally speaking, I can say that we remain a strategic partner and we are enjoying a very cordial and extraordinary uh, cooperation with the Communist Party of China. Mm. Okay, and this year marks the 11th anniversary of diplomatic relations between China and South Sudan. Now, looking back at the 11 years, how can you evaluate uh, China-South Sudan bilateral relations? What would you say are some key events under the Belt and Road Initiative between South Sudan and China that have characterized the two countries' friendship over the last 11 years? Yes, it's true. We are celebrating the 11th year anniversary of our bilateral ties. These 11 years were full of very productive, encouraging and excellent engagements, if I can say so. We are very thankful for all the support we receive from China. These engagements that I've just mentioned are characterized by many aspects of cooperation. One of the most important thing is the engagements between us in the international arena. Okay. We are very thankful for the continuous support. Our two countries keep engaging. We are there supporting China, and China is always there supporting us within the United Nations family. This also engagement is characterized by the expansion of the two embassies. The two embassies at the moment are not like before in terms of the staff, in terms of the engagements. This aspect also is supported by the huge Chinese investments in, in South Sudan. It's, uh, at the moment, you know, South Sudan is an oil producing country and China remain our main partner in developing our oil industry. And uh, we are very grateful with the investment. China, or especially China Petroleum Corporation Company, CNPC, right. are put in place to develop our oil industry together with our Minister of Petroleum. And again, under this initiative, we witness the implementation of a number of projects. For example, the reconstruction of our uh, international airport, the construction of uh, air traffic management system in the country, mm. which after completion in the next two months, we will be having one of the most important and advanced air traffic management system in the region, okay. including 
other infrastructural development, capacity building program. And the 11 years that we engage ourselves in our bilateral ties are very meaningful and our engagement with China participated a lot in supporting our efforts as a government to meet the needs of our people. Mm. And we as a government, we are very satisfied with the status of our bilateral ties. As I say it, I define it as encouraging, mm -hmm. I define it as an excellent and meeting the needs of our two people and our two governments. Find the Beijing Hour at precisely 6 p.m. Beijing time. We meet you on podcast and on air every weekday. The Beijing Hour, your window on China and the rest of the world. What is your opinion about the people-to-people -people relations between the two countries and how has the relationship evolved over the 11 years? In terms of strengthening the bilateral ties. Okay. And uh, we, uh, in diplomacy, we always believe that, you know, public diplomacy always remains stronger than conventional diplomacy. Right. Or, uh, the diplomacy that we know conducted through the institutions. Right. Uh, reason being because by engaging people, the two sides will witness a direct outcomes of this engagement. Mm. So we have a very good engagements at this aspect. The two countries recognize the importance of people to people's uh, uh, exchanges. But during the 11 years, we witnessed that the number of South Sudanese visiting China are actually more bigger than the number of Chinese visiting our country. Something that we are working hard as a two government to encourage the Chinese also to visit our country. And this will help a lot. Uh, and we are also encouraging many of South Sudanese to make sure that they also come and visit China. Uh, for example, uh, you know, at the moment we have uh, the best basket team in the whole Africa. Mm. South Sudan is leading in terms of uh, basketball. So we have the best basket team, like the number one in Africa. We are now working hard to make sure that in the nearest future, uh, we facilitate the presence of this team here in China uh, for us to take them around, right. for the China to have, for them to have some games and matches here with the uh, Chinese brothers. Mm. This one will help in our engagements and our strategies in enhancing people's to people's exchanges, mm. including other aspects. Mm -hmm. So, in conclusion, this is a very important aspect and we from the embassy are working very closely with our Chinese partners to make sure that we develop this aspect. There's a folk proverb in South Sudan that says, cows are born with ears, later they grow horns. In China, a famous line of ancient Chinese poem also reads, Riding the winds and cleaving the waves, I will set clouds like a sail to cross the vast ocean. What plans does your government have to take the China-South Sudan cooperation forward? What potential areas can the two countries work on? We in South Sudan, believing of the importance of our relation with China and putting in consideration also the needs of our people, we have develop a very strategic long list of plan okay. to develop our relation with China. These plans are mainly well studied and as I said from the very beginning, addressing our need, our list of needs are very long. You can see as a new country, everything in South Sudan is marketable and everything in South Sudan people need. But as a government, we prioritize all these needs. On top of 
these believing that developing our relation with China can give us an answer to many of our challenges. We have developed a very strategic plan to work closely with the ruling party. And again, as I mentioned, a number of our engagements will be working closely to make sure that we develop agricultural sector. Right. Because China is well known of its experience and technology in developing agriculture sector mm-hmm. to allow us to access also Chinese market that can also help our economy. And another area of concern is uh, economic development and okay. investment. It's also another area that we'll be working to make sure that we address the related concerns and encouraging foreign and direct investments, sustaining our cooperation with China in oil industry and maintaining good relations with the existing companies that are working in South Sudan. Continuous political consultations, as I mentioned from the very beginning, are establishing a very conducive environment to our business sectors, our business council to work together, our security organs, the army, the police, and other security organs, the cooperation between them, Mm. and also most importantly, backing up all these ideas with the media cooperation, which we believe is also very important uh, to address the activities Mm. and the related engagements between us. Mm. Training and capacity building, as I mentioned, scholarships for our students to come here and study, and then exchange of visits at different levels, at the bilateral level and at the level of uh, technical exchanges. The list is long. But we prioritize these and we are engaging the Chinese different institutions. And I'm pleased to share with you the fact that from our engagements, we are very satisfied and we believe that we will achieve you know, the overall objectives on this engagement. Among these engagements also or plans, we are working closely with Exim Bank okay. to make sure that we secure funds for social economical development in South Sudan. And we are very pleased with the responses we are receiving from Exim Bank and other financial institutions. Okay. And what are your views on some narratives, mostly by Western scholars, arguing that China-Africa relations are one-sided and even exploitative? Yes, it's true. There is a lot of arguments and from the Western scholars and Western media challenging the existing relations between China and Africa. Right. Uh, but the truth remains that China-Africa relations is guided by historical ties between China and Africa. It's guided by the spirit of win-win cooperation. It's guided by mutual understanding and cooperation. And among all, it's also guided by the existing foreign policies of African countries and China. Mm. African countries, we are sovereign countries, we have our foreign policies addressing our needs and engagements Mm. with our foreign partners. the Chinese foreign policy is guided by the main basic principles of Chinese foreign policy, which is well known to many. Right. From my point of view, I argue and always arguing that this kind of arguments from our partners in the West are basically uh, politically oriented arguments, are baseless arguments, and these arguments are lacking a substantial justifications. Your Excellency, that brings us to the end of the program. Thank you for joining us on China Africa Talk. Thank you for hosting us here at the Embassy of South Sudan. Once again, on behalf of my team here, on behalf of my government, allow me to thank you for hosting me and uh, allow me to also conclude by saying South Sudan is now attending towards a new path of positive economic and political engagements and development. And we are sustaining and implementing the peace 
agreement which was signed in our country very effectively and at this juncture I would like to extend invitation to Chinese investors to consider investing in South Sudan and we will facilitate their efforts to go to South Sudan and I also want to take this opportunity before concluding my words of thanks to you and your team to reiterate our commitment as a country to continue working closely with China and advancing our bilateral ties and I also want to reiterate our commitment to continue supporting the Chinese legitimate rights in international arena including one China policy and also our commitment to adhere and follow and support the outcome or the outcomes of the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. Thank you very much. Thank you, Excellency. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.